On this week's episode, we honor the passing of Ambassador C. Boyden Gray. When I talk about my hero, other than my parents and you know my brothers, I don't know anyone in the world that I was closer to than my man, Ambassador C. Boyden Gray. They will tell you, if you want a friend in Washington, D.C., get a dog. I will tell you, people like to talk about the, the good narrative, the uplifting narrative, the success. But man, let me tell you, when I went through No Child I Left Behind, those conservatives abandoned me like white on rice. And I don't, I don't know what it, if you know what it's like to be abandoned when you think that people are supposedly loyal to you. But there was one person, there was one person that never in my entire history here abandoned me. It was my man, Seaboy and Gray. Even um, when I went through No Child Left Behind, lost my way of life, lost much of my business, my man, Boy and Gray, stood in the gap. When he was ambassador of the European Union, I went to Europe for about three weeks. He showed me around Europe, introduced me to all the diplomats, all the power brokers. We went to on art shows. He introduced me to, to art. Is how I got into the art collection. And when my man, Dr. Carson, ran for president of the United States, Borden was the one who set up all the debates, toughened Dr. Carson. Everything was at his home. I mean, you talk about a friend. People want to talk about Borden, and I've got... Cleta Mitchell joining us, and she's going to only reinforce this story. Says Cleta, uh, it's, it's a funny thing, Cleta. You know, I, my schedule was so impacted, um, Cleta, by my friendship with Boyd. Now, Cleta, they would say that she's a conservative activist, all that, but she's a re- she's a world-renowned lawyer. One of the best legal minds in this country. That's the thing that she and Boyden had in common. They were legal minds. And Boyden reconnected us. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Boyden did. Because Boyden and I were having lunch. And he said, do you know Cleta Mitchell? Because listen, for the last 20 years, this is a fact. Every Saturday that we were in town, at least once or twice a month, Borden and I had lunch. And Borden would call the role, and he talked about Cleta, and Cleta and I finally met in South Carolina. But, but, and you know, Cleta, Borden loved gossip. <laughs> he loved <laughs> gossip. One of the first things on the menu when I would go to Borden's home on Saturday, now Armstrong, I hope you got some good gossip. But you know, I talk about Borden from a personal uh, perspective, as a friend, as a father figure, as someone who is loyal to their friends. Cleta is so rare, but welcome to the show as we celebrate the life and times of the legendary Seaboy and Gray. Well, thank you so much, Armstrong, for inviting me. I was, I just learned last night of his passing, and I got to tell you, it's really it's really devastating to me because I love the guy. I mean, he was, um, and look, I mean, Armstrong, I guess I can tell you my story of how uh, I came to know him, which was not through conservative politics and not through the law, 
Uh, although subsequently, in le- uh, recent years, we've spent a lot of time on that and those kinds of things. But really, it was because of our daughters. Our daughters were in the fourth grade at the National Cathedral School for Girls in Washington. And I met that. That's how I met Boyden, because Eliza, his beloved daughter, I'm sure you know how much he adored uh, his Eliza and his grandkids. Um, but Boyden was just getting divorced, and it was not pleasant at no, all. It wasn't at all. But I'll tell you the thing about Boyden, and I would say this, any fathers out there listening to this, Boyden came to every parent meeting. I don't care. Yeah, here he is, one of the most renowned lawyers in America, and certainly a Washington power broker. And there's Eliza. He came to every parent meeting. And not just the meetings where they invited all the parents, but we had a pretty active group of mothers who met for coffee uh, once or twice a month. And we always sent out the notices and Boyden was the only father who attended. But he came to every mother's meeting because Eliza's mother just wasn't around to come or whatever, but Boyden didn't care. And I called Boyden for the rest of his life, whenever I would see him and I would introduce him to people. And he loved it because I said, Boyden, you're an honorary mother. You're our honorary mother for our class. And you are always welcome, always welcome at any of these coffees, at anything, because we would talk about what was going on with our daughters, what was going on with the school and our daughters, and of course, as you get older, what's going on with <laughs> boys and our daughters. And he was always, always there. And he might not say very much, but boy, he listened. And then he might call me afterwards and we would talk about what was going on with our daughters. But that was Boyden. And I will tell you, I gained an enormous respect for him because he really didn't care that he was the only guy there, the only dad there. He said, if it has to do with helping my daughter, I'm going to do it. And and he kept doing it for the rest of the time when they went through uh, middle school and high school or upper school. And um, always Boyden would just light up when he would talk about Eliza. Well, listen, Peter, he was a single parent. He raised his daughter. He raised his yes, daughter. he did. He raised his daughter. And... Um, you know, there was a time when uh, he didn't, he had custody of her. And then at some point, his uh, ex-wife, Eliza's mother, wanted wanted her to go to boarding school and wanted her to, she didn't want to go. Boyden didn't want her to go, but she didn't, she wanted Eliza to go ahead and go to boarding school. So she went to boarding school, but that did not change one thing about Boyden's relationship with his daughter. Talk, it was amazing. But of, yes, he was a single parent yeah, single raising parent. her. He had custody. Yeah. She lived with him until uh, she went to boarding school. Talk about the impact more than anyone else. I saw the letter that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell put out today about Boyden and his enormous impact with Souter 
Thomas, Alito, Kavanaugh, the enormous impact he had on getting these justices, conservative justices, on the court. What a legal mind he was, Cleta. Oh, he was an incredible legal mind. And every time I would see him, whether it was at a reception, a lot of times at his house, um, he would pull me aside and he would want to talk about, because he knew, because he had been the White House counsel for George H.W. Bush. And so he knew all about the problems in Washington where the the attacks on the Republican presidents, the Republican presidency. And Boyden was really, uh, I mean, he, he was a brilliant legal mind. And, you know, he, he, he was particularly very uh, brilliant about uh, administrative law and the deep state, the overreach of federal agencies. He, he filed many cases. He tried many cases. He wrote, he was a prolific writer um, in a lot of areas, but particularly as it came to regulatory law, the, the regulations of the executive branch and the constitutional, um, the shaky constitutional grounds on which uh, the regulatory state functioned. And he always had ideas about, and he would pull me aside and he'd say, Cleta, what do you think about this? I'm working on an article about this. And he published anytime he wanted anything in the Wall Street Journal, he could always get it into the Wall Street Journal. All he had to do was say, I have a piece and they would publish it. Um, and I'm sure you're familiar with the fact that he he founded at the what is now the Antonin Scalia Law School at George Mason, a center um, on the administrative state and regulatory affairs. It's the Boyden Gray Center. Um, where it is focused on teaching young lawyers to learn about administrative law, not something that they focus on much in law school, but he was absolutely intent that lawyers should understand and be willing to fight this regulatory state that he believed just crushes our freedom. And let's not forget his impact on Americans with disabilities and the civil rights legislation through, during the Bush era that he ushered through. Yes, he did. He was uh, a bit of an anomaly in that respect, but um, he really believed in. Uh, he was he was very kind-hearted. Um, I was a little bit uh, aggravated at the Washington Post, but then that's nothing new. Um, I didn't think that they. I thought they were a little. You know, they always have to take make catty remarks, and um, they. You know, they went in in his obituary. I thought that they took a couple of partisan shots, but that's not surprising. But what they, the part they missed is they missed uh, Boyd and Gray, the man, the person, and how um, he was so kind-hearted and was always about uh, protecting the vulnerable and helping those that uh, are the least of these in our society. And he just was a very kind and generous person and opened his home to every kind of organization. Oh, they you want to have a fundraiser? We'll do it at my house. <laughs> he just, he, he was amazing. I can't was, tell you, I can't tell you how many events I had at Boyd's home. Book parties, um, Herman Cain, Dr. Carson, there were so many events, but also, I don't know if there's any other home in Georgetown that had the many presidents like a revolving door 
coming out of that home. He was the consummate power broker. Well, you know, that's a really good point. And, you know, you hear people talk about parties in Georgetown. And um, Boyden lived in Georgetown, a beautiful home in Georgetown. Um, but his parties were not um, of the kind of uh, that excluded people. His were the parties that included people, included anybody and everybody from presidents to the, you know, Kids pushing, kids pushing, kids pushing, and parents pushing for choice and education. Yes, you know, I that's a really good point. There, um, <laughs> our daughter's school uh, Spanish teacher, Senora Miller, was also one of the uh, is one of the leaders of uh, educational opportunities for Hispanic kids in the in Washington D.C. And of course, he. You remind me, I went to an event that was that she asked him to host in his home to raise money for scholarships for Hispanic kids and educational opportunity scholarships, Washington Scholarship Foundation. It had events at Boyden's home. He had he opened his home to them to raise money for scholarships for kids to get out of the horrific um D.C. public schools to be able to have these kids have an opportunity to get a decent education, even though they lived in the nation's capital. That has about the worst schools in the country. And so, yes, I mean, it wasn't just political events. It was charitable events, any kind. And always, again, look, these are these are events that are for the the least of these for Hispanic kids, for, you know, all disadvantaged kids in Washington. I mean, that that was just who he was. You you wanted to have something that would help people. You want to raise money to help people. Boyden would just say, come to my house. And he would pay for everything. That's the other thing. He would pay for everything. So every dime that people gave would go to whatever cause it was they were trying to raise money for. Well, he was just... He was just tremendous. He was the man of all things. You know, you know, you know. I have tried so hard to get you on this broadcast platform, but when I called you this morning to say to you, we've got to honor our man, uh, boy and great. You did not hesitate, not no. once, about coming. And while it's sad, we want to make sure that through our conversation today, people really get an insights on. Um, what a great man and historic figure. His memory will live on for generations to come. He's impacted and touched so many lives. And I will tell you this, I don't know any individual outside of my family that has impacted my life more than my mentor and my hero, Seaborn Gray. Cleta, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come and talk about Boyden. I've just been so heartbroken um, since I heard about this. So this really, it makes it, it's really great that I'm able to talk about him. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode.